Hello, and welcome to the Life Organized with Lisa podcast. I'm Lisa Seely, and organizing is my superpower. I'm a busy mom who has figured out how to do all the things and keep important things from falling through the cracks. I'm here to give you tips, tricks, and practical advice about how to organize your entire life. I also talk about productivity, time management, and planning, because these are all related to organization. You can find my website at lisaseely.com. That's L-I-S-A-S-E-A-L-E-Y.com. I'm glad you're here. Today, I'm thrilled to have a guest on the podcast. Leonie Dawson is an award-winning entrepreneur that's created a $13 million business by working only 10 hours per week. And I'm going to pick her brain about how she organizes and prioritizes her time and tasks. I have to confess, I'm fangirling a little bit. I've been part of Leonie's world for more than 10 years now. She has an amazing course offering uh, and a ton of freebies on her website, leoniedawson.com. She's also created the Brilliant Biz and Life Academy, which I highly recommend. The doors are currently closed to new members, but if you go to the website, you can sign up to get on the waiting list. And also full disclosure, I've taken almost every, if not every course that Leone has ever created. <laughs> so hi and welcome. I'm thrilled to have you here. I'm honored to be here. Thank you for being you and thank you for being a part of my world for so freaking long. It's amazing. It just fills my heart with joy. I'm so glad. Um, Okay, let's dive in. Uh, You've built your multi-million dollar business by working only 10 hours per week. And I am in awe of that. I am aspiring to get there as well. Um, So tell me, do you structure your time? I mean, do you have a set schedule for work? I have a set set schedule for work, but I don't really skip, like um, structure my time inside that container. So usually I work um, two hours, about two hours in the day, um, usually kind of between 12 and two-ish. Um, so we have we have kids, so we always, you know, we wake up in the morning, we take the kids to school. Um, my husband and I spend time together. We go run errands, we go for a walk. Um, we play cards and um, just talk and connect. And then when it feels like that's done, then um, I'll pop off to work and then we'll go get the kids afterwards. It's pretty sweet and pretty simple, really. Um, and in terms of like how that, what I do in those hours, it's it fluctuates all the time, just depending on if I've got a big project on, then, you know, all my time is dedicated to that big project. Um, if it's sort of just maintenance mode, then I just have a long list of things that I could do um, <laughs> and just I chip through that. Okay, that sounds good. Um, so... There are all kinds of productivity methods, such as eat the frog, time blocking, Pomodoro technique, to name a few. What is your favorite or the one that you utilize the most? Oh, um, I don't. Okay. I, I, like, I, I, I don't really like the eat. So I tried all of them, right? Eat the frog. Um, as a person with autism and ADHD, that idea terrifies me. And it just means that I will just be frozen and stuck and I won't actually get anything done. Um, So often I need to just get started just by like the smallest, easiest little thing on 
list. Um, in terms of time blocking, I have been experimenting like a little bit with um, motion, which sort of time blocks your week for you. But then I started feeling very hemmed in and um, it started making, making me feel quite stressed. So now I just treat it as like a little rough guide, but it's how, you know, like I, I want to give myself as much freedom as possible to how I paint in those hours. Um, so for me, it just works better just to have a menu of options really. Um, of course, like I just highlight the ones that are like the big priority or the big deadline. Um, and um, and if I get, if, if I like get frozen and can't get anything done um, because ADHD, then I just resort to like breaking it down into minuscule activities. So I'll open a document and name it the thing that I'm supposed to be doing. And that's like a thing on my to-do list. Open a document. <laughs> I did it. Great success. Now, that's a very good point because what works for someone doesn't work for someone else. So I love that you're able to switch and figure out what works for you and what you know, doesn't like when you said you were feeling hemmed in and, and I totally get that because I've felt that too. So it's just when it comes to productivity and trying to figure things out, I think everybody just needs to kind of f- learn all of them or figure out what they are and then pull what works for them. Just yeah, like you yeah. have. And it might just be like this weird mix and it may just change all the time. Like I get bored by doing the same thing over and over again. Um, and so sometimes I just need to try out a new technique and I'll get so jazzed about it and so excited. And I think this, this is what's going to change my life. So like when I started trying out the motion app, I was like, this, this is what's going to change my life. And it's not, it's really not going to change my life. Like, spoiler alert. Right. It's not, but I needed something to try out, you know, um, and that provided a, an excess sense of novelty. In two months' time, will I still be enamored? No, I won't be, guys. I'll try something else. <laughs> and that's good because, you know, it, it also keeps you from getting stale and bored and, you know, falling into a rut of doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah, that yeah. sounds like hell to Yeah. Me. <laughs> No, don't want that. Um, Okay, so how do you prioritize your business tasks? Like what, how do you figure out what's most important? I think having a container, first and foremost, of like, you know, um, the 10 hours a week, it gives you this certain level of intensity. You know that not everything's going to get done and only the important things can get done. And so that weans a lot off your list already. You know, I always say to people, like, the only way I've been able to build, you know, a business that's built in $13 million in 10 hours a week is because there's a very long, unfinished to-do list behind me. You know, not everything needs to be done. And success is not getting to the end of your to-do list. It's just doing the most highest priority, you know, the things that are actually going to make a difference to your business. So, um, you know, I always want to be super aware of what's actually going to move my business forward, what I need to do today in order to grow my business. Um, and by hook or by crook, 
manage myself into getting them done. Yeah, I've, you've mentioned before using the Pareto principle, which is the yeah. 80-20. Would you explain a little bit about that and how sure. you use it? Pareto was a economic hottie back in the olden days. Um, and he started looking at the fact that 20% um, of a population creates 80% of a result. So when he looked at his pea garden, for example, 20% of his pea plants created 80% of his harvest, these super producers. And when he looked um, at all these other industries and areas of life, it was happening naturally there as well. So for example, um, you know, 20% 20% of crimes in the US, sorry, 80% of crimes in the US is created by 20% of um, the prison population. And um, even when it comes to virus, you know, 80% of a virus outbreaks comes from 20% of a population. Um, you know, there's just these super spreaders um, and super creators. Um, if you fix the top 20% of bugs um, in a software program, it will stop 80% of the crashes. So uh, being aware that there's these super creators, these super producers in your own business means that you can focus more on them. So, or you can eradicate them if they're creating <laughs> bad things. So you'll have 20% of your clients who create 80% of your drama, like those get shoved off. <laughs> Um, same with staffing you know sometimes you have like 20% of staff that just creates 80% of all of the issues um, so the the really big ones to look for is okay what are the products that actually create what is the 20% of products or services that you offer that create 80% of your revenue what are the um, tasks on your to-do list of tasks in your to-do list to create 80% of the revenue Mm -hmm. Um, and how can you prioritize those how can you get those things done and how can you kill off as much as you can of the rest of the 80% of tasks that only create 20% of the revenue because for me I only wanted to do 20% of the work hour so I'm happy to take a little bit of a pay cut or instead of like taking a pay cut by killing off everything, you just focus more and more time on the super producers so that you still work very part-time hours, but you're getting super-sized results, which is what I've been able to do with my business. And I've been on average, you know, over seven figures a year for, since 2014, which mm-hmm. is unheard of in the <laughs> online business world. So yes. Like have that level of consistency and that level of... Um, stickability (laughs) gotcha um are you ever tempted to work over your allotted 10 hours per week i mean do you so for me it's flexible so firstly i take about four months of holidays a year um and then i also will take sabbaticals if i'm feeling burned out like oh wow i know it's so difficult for me but sometimes you know i'm a creative i'm also autistic and so yeah i will experience burnout so i'll take a month off um, on top of those four months or whatever. Um, and um, and then if there's like a big project that I'm working on and it needs more time, like I've got a launch, 
or you know, big like website redesign or something like that. Um, yeah, I can extend my hours so that like I might get up to 20 or 25 hours a week. I can't really do much more than that because my back um, doesn't survive that experience. <laughs> um, and then it'll just mean, you know, the next week I might just get bare minimum done. You know, I might do one or two hours of essential work. Um, so it all kind of just averages out. Oh, like on an average week, 10 hours is mm-hmm. how it rolls. On more an intense work cycle, it might spread out a little more and then it might retract. <laughs> gotcha. Um, so as far as um, keeping yourself organized, uh how do you do that i mean do you have a specific plan you follow or do you just kind of wing it <laughs> i have a elaborate set systems <laughs> uh because as a person with adhd i have very limited executive functioning and i can't remember a lot of things um so i kind of need those systems to keep me sorted um so for example, I, um, you know, everything goes into my digital calendar. Um, and um, then when, you know, if I've got, I've got appointments today. And so uh, in the mornings I set on my, um, my Google home device, I'll set alarms before, like when I need to get ready for each of those mm-hmm. things. Um, and then I also have to write out all of my week in on in pen with highlighters so that I don't forget anything. We have a family hub as well, a little whiteboard calendar that we write everything for the whole family on um, so that we can work out how we're going to manage the week. Um, and um, I use a combination of like digital task planning tools and um, a printed one as well. It helps me when I get overwhelmed in one to shift to the other. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just like this series of, of hacks, even like household tasks that I don't have to do daily, I have scheduled into my calendar. So I have a recurring task for every weekend to do all the kids washing, um, to help them like iron all their uniforms for school or to um, do all of the like water all of the plants I have a ta- like a recurring calendar task for making like bulk baking for school lunches for the next week and things like that uh, because I don't I, I can't remember those things off the top of my head and it's better for it just to be in a list so it's just like this little weekend task and I get a reminder every Friday like <laughs> hey it's the weekend you're going to be doing this bitch and I'm like Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have those recurring tasks too. It's very, very helpful, even for someone who is very organized. <laughs> it's still, you know, Papa. Oh yeah, I have to do that. Like every six months, I have to change the water filter in the fridge, so it pops up. Exactly. You know. Oh, don't forget to buy the filter because you need to replace it. So yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and like I even have ones for like planning holidays, book next holidays in these times of the the year, and um, you know, wash the sheets at this like at this recurrence, and it's just it's gold. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I want to ask you a creative question. I've heard you yes. use the phrase "ride the wild donkey." 
Can you explain what that means? Sure. For me, this is a long-term creative strategy of mine. For me, I've discovered like if I say to myself, I am going to write a book and I'll get it done the next year. That book will never get written. Never, ever, ever will it get written. But if I give myself a very short, sharp deadline, it will help, like it will get done. So I like to think of creative projects as like wild donkeys. You get these ideas, these wild donkeys turn up in your paddock. And when you get a wild donkey in your paddock, your only job is to ride them and to ride them till they're done and then you release them back into the wild. And so building in that kind of intensity of like, right, I'm just going to ride this wild donkey. I'm just going to devote myself to this creative project until it is done and get it done in the shortest time possible um, has been hugely, hugely helpful for me. If I took the slow, methodical approach, um, it, it would never happen. My business would not exist. So, for example, my Goal Getter workbooks, which have been used by half a million people worldwide now, I created those in 2009 and I created it for myself because I just wanted a really fun way to set my goals for the next year. And I wanted to be rainbows and unicorns and cute and I wanted it to be like all areas of my life. Um, and I was like, oh my God, let's get it done. And I gave myself three days to, you know, write and hand illustrate it. And at that point it was a very small book. It was only 40, 40 worksheets. Um, but, um, it was, you know, like to get it done and hand illustrate everything was amazing and it looked so beautiful and that was it and I released it. And then, you know, the next year I built more into it and created more and more. Um, but having these short, sharp deadlines is is massive for me, you know, big results. So if, you've, if I've got a big thing to do, I'd like to get it done in the next seven days and then it's just done. I'm just going to ride that wild donkey and then let it free. I love that. That's that's just so wonderful, that whole concept. Um, yeah. So anybody listening, ride your wild donkey. Yeah. It's good <laughs> fun. Yeah. Too. It's bloody fun. Um, okay. So switching back to business stuff, um, what was the biggest mistake you made when you were starting out in your business? Ooh. I think just believing that, like, the creativity and the spiritual parts were enough for me to have a business, you know, and then be like, why is the money not coming in in the amounts that I want it to come in? And really realizing that um, in order, like if you, in order to have an abundant business, you do need to learn about business and marketing. And it's not something that you're born with. It's not innate and it's definitely not innate to me. I am, was never a kid that's like, I'm good at business already. I am good at business at saving money already. Uh -huh. No, fuck no. I was just this little fairy that just, all I wanted was a card, a massive cardboard box that I could build an art studio in. Um, and, you know, constantly distracted by shiny things. Um, it was the, the learning about business and marketing, that stuff came 
much later for me and it was a conscious decision like right okay even though I am very bad at this thing <laughs> even though I don't have any skills in this area whatsoever I need to learn how to do this um, so that I can have the dream that I want mm-hmm. um, so I would just devote myself to taking myself off to the business gym you know I'd spent years developing my creative and my spiritual muscles you know um, but my my business muscles were completely flaccid. And so I had to devote myself to going to the business gym and building that, <laughs> learning, and trying yeah. that out, learning everything I could and testing it in my own business and seeing the results. And um, that commitment made an absolutely massive difference to my business. You know, it was, I decided to do that because I wanted to earn $30,000 a year from my business in the next 12 months. And I couldn't work out how on earth to make that happen. Um, And then I was like, right, I shall become a student of business and marketing and dove headfirst into that world. And um, yeah, I did it. I did $30,000 that first year and it seemed completely impossible to me. Mm -hmm. And then I doubled my business every single year after that until it hit the seven figure mark. That's wonderful. Okay, and a related question. So if you were starting out today, um, would you start learning about the business stuff first? Or what would you do differently? Well, firstly, I would just start doing all of the shit anyway, like, you know, (laughs) just creating and sharing um, as we go, because that's a really important skill to have as well. Um, Continuing to just to put yourself out there constantly. and then adding in the business and the marketing. And also like, I think because there's, you know, when I started out, there was no social media. And I think people can become very distracted um, from their goals on social media. They think that their follow account is more important than their revenue amount. Um, So it's really critical for you to be strategic about how you spend your time. If you are going to use social media marketing, what, um, you know, how you're going to batch your time and schedule it so that it doesn't just consume all your working hours. Um, Because being on social media is not your job. (laughs) Running your business is. (laughs) Right. And actually, that goes right into my next question, because I wanted to talk about that. You took a break from social media for a while. Um, yeah. And yet you were still able to maintain your success. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. And how did that work? Yeah. I mean, what what allowed you to continue your success without social media? Because I think a lot of people are convinced that they can't be successful without social media. And mm. obviously that's not true. <laughs> it's, yeah. You know, like, um, I was scared shitless of taking a break from social media, but I really wanted to try it. So I thought I'd do 21 days. And as soon as I started doing it, it was like, I really, I, I can't go back. Um, and I ended up taking two years off. Um, but the idea I was like, holy shit, I don't know, how do I run a business without social media? Because I've, you know, been in this world for so long. Um, and for me, I was at a point in my business, it was like, you know what, I can actually just try it out for three months. And if it sucks, I can always go back. Mm-hmm. No biggie, you know, like if things tank, I can go back. No biggie. Um, but um, so I took the three months and I was like, oh, business didn't tank. <laughs> I can keep going. Um, and um, 
it was just a really fun process because I remembered during that time, one, all of my hobbies off the internet were just really good. Um, and secondly, just like remembering that there are literally thousands of ways for you to grow your business and to market your business. And social media marketing is just one of them. And it's not necessarily the best or the fastest or the cheapest or the most time efficient. There are still all these other ways out there to market your business and you can get really big results from them. Um, so my business kept on kept on keeping on and kept growing and um, I was just expanding in, in different ways. And I didn't come back to social media for money reasons or because I needed to or anything like that. It was because I um, I don't like rules even when they're rules that I set for myself. And so I started feeling really hum hemmed in. Like I wanted to create some very stupid videos, but then I was like, well, I can't create any stupid videos because like it would be best for me to put them on video, social media <laughs> platforms. Uh, and then I was like, oh God. So like the rule I had set for myself wasn't as useful anymore. <laughs> Um, and so I had to kind of give myself permission to like, okay, you can go back and experiment and play and you can pull the plug again anytime mm -hmm. you like. Um, and of course I can be really intentional in it, you know, make sure that I batch create all of my work um, or content and then it just gets scheduled. I don't have social media apps on my phone. Um, I have them blocked on my computer using a, a website blocker. Um, because I don't actually need to be on there. I've got other things to fucking do. Right, exactly. Um, and I've heard you also talk about uh, your mailing list, and that is like one of the big foundations of your business, and that's how you do a lot of your marketing and getting um, your revenue. Um, how did you build your mailing list? I mean, what, what were the steps that you took? To keep it growing. I think, yeah, I like the thing. The first thing, the, the the absolute essential thing was the decision, and I think I decided. I think it was like 2012. Um, I decided that like it was a big, like the metric for my business. I didn't at the time. People were. This is so hilarious. But people were. were that much more excited about like their blog readers, the number of blog readers, mm -hmm. than by their mailing list numbers, right? It was just a fucking flawed metric. <laughs> um, and I realized like, oh, holy shit, no, the mailing list is where the money is at and that's where the long-term sustainability is in my business. That's where you're building these long-term relationships. And it's also the place where people are more likely to buy. Like statistics show that um, if people on your mail, people on your mailing list are 40 times more likely to buy from you than a social media follower. That's not 14, that's 40, four mm -hmm. zero. So if you want to 40 X your, um, your income turn every single social media follower into a fucking mailing list person got it yeah um and the way that i did that was just by giving away free shit in exchange for email addresses mm -hmm. you know if you go to my free shit page you'll just see all like so much of the shit i've given away over the years to do that um 
I just think like, how can I be wildly generous? How can I be wildly helpful and give this stuff away um, and be of service to people? And then how can I show up every single week in their inbox and create something that they would love to open, whether that's more free shit or if it's some, you know, really helpful advice or if it's some big deep story like personal story that I wanted to share um so build like you know creating that level of generosity has been hugely helpful mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um oh and by the way listeners um she has a lot of great free stuff so go check it out um so the other thing I wanted to talk about is you shared something the other day on social media that resonated with me and I'm sure it did with a lot of other people who are trying to create or maintain a successful business. You spoke about your confidence levels and some of the things you were feeling. Um, it sounded a little bit like what I call imposter syndrome. Um, and I also suffer from that at various times. I think a lot of us do. Um, so will you share a little more about that? How, how you were feeling and how you were able to help yourself through that? Yeah. Um, you know, for me, like I, I do tend to have quite high natural confidence levels anyway. Um, and so it's always a bit of a shock to me when suddenly things don't feel so great. Um, and that I'm spending so much time kind of second guessing myself. Um, and For me, my process is always like the moment you can say that this is what's going on for me, that's where the healing begins. Um, for me, so much so much healing work is tied to creating and also sharing. So I wanted to make something. So I kind of hand drew out these notes and I really just wanted to share like, these are the beliefs that are just running rampant in my head right now. Um, and also, you know, this feels hard and this feels really difficult. And, um, and also here's my plan on how I'm going to start healing that. So, um, you know, I, I wrote out a, a plan and I came up with some options of things that can help as well. Um, so looking at things like surrounding myself with positive mindset stuff, doing journaling, doing art therapy, uh, seeing my kinesiologist to see if there's any subconscious beliefs happening there. Um, for me, like, you know, I, I've done therapy and I've done like kinesiology. I've done intuitive healing with Hiraboga. Um, for me, like I personally get a little bit more use out of um, the more kind of spiritual um, ways of looking at things. You know, I've got people that I've been working with for 10 plus years now of like looking at these energy blocks and being more aware um, and just being more honest with the people in my life as well, instead of saying, yeah, everything's great. I'm like, oh, I'm actually like dealing with this at the moment. I called um, one of my oldest friends to have a share about how I was of feeling. Course. And um, she made me laugh so much. She said, oh, Beone, I just need you to know, like when you have low self-esteem, 
is a real gift from God for me. Like, <laughs> I just think, oh, how the mighty have fallen. She is among the great unwashed, feeling what we all feel. <laughs> oh, it just makes me laugh so much. And just, she was like, this is part of your process as well, like to burn out, to go mm-hmm. through the, you know, the great mystery, the dark night of the soul, and then you create and share your way out of it. Um, and she's like, I, I don't worry about you at all, Leonie. Like, this process is so done and dusted. You'll go through it, you'll have these huge awarenesses, and then you'll create about it, and everyone will be like, wow! And you'll make so much freaking money out about you having, like, a little low self-esteem. And it just <laughs> was golden. It's so great getting roasted by old friends who adore you yes. and have seen your shit for so many years, you know? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and and also, yeah, what you were talking about is a really good reminder that we all need to be aware of our feelings and make the time to take care of ourselves. You know, so thank you for that. Um, those actually were all the questions that I had. Um, oh my God, so I know. So thank you for being here. Um, and remember, you can find Leonie at leonidawson.com. And on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Leonie Dawson. Please check her out. You'll be very, very happy you did. Um, Listeners, I am off to ride the wild donkey and figure out my 20%. I will let you know how it goes. (laughs) Do it. Do it. Do it. All right. Thank you. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Until next time.